Welcome to the SLP Talk Show. Real talk with Carrie about stuff that really matters. Hey, it's Carrie, your fast-talking, speech-therapy-loving host. While you are driving, cleaning, exercising, or whatever it is you do while listening to podcasts, I'm going to be chatting about pediatric speech therapy stuff. But I don't want our time together to feel like work or be boring. You already work enough, and you already have enough boring stuff to do in your life. So let's get going and have some fun. You are listening to the 11th episode of SLP Talk Show. I am Carrie. I'm Jim. And you're Jim, yes. (laughs) Sorry, I'm interrupting Jim today. Yeah, you're excited to be here. We haven't recorded an episode for um, a hot minute because I have been traveling. I've been out of town. I was in New Jersey for the New Jersey Speech and Hearing Annual Convention. I spoke there to... Mm -hmm. Lots yep. and lots of SLPs. I spoke on apraxia and on autism. Yep. And Aaron and I uh, hung out and, you know. Did you watch some NASCAR had, while I was gone? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. His, his guy won. Chase Elliott won. Chase Elliott so won. So he, he was extremely happy about it. I bet he was. He loves NASCAR so much. We kicked all the dancing girls out early. So you did because yeah. you knew I was coming home. Yep. So yeah, so I came home. It was my mom's 90th birthday party. So we had a little celebration. And then my sisters and I took her on a surprise trip to... dun da 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 Branson, Missouri. Um, Close down all the bars down there? Close down. Oh, you know it. My 90-year-old mother. Yeah, she can drink. She is a partier. (laughs) That's like the funniest thing ever. I've never seen my mom even take a drink of alcohol. Now, Uh, does she weigh 90 pounds? um, She's up to 103, actually. Oh, wow. Yeah, soaking wet. Maybe her goal should be to, you know, have her years match her weight. Ooh, Ooh, no, that's bad. Oh, yeah, she gets older. She should gain more weight. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. No, I, I didn't mean lose weight. <laughs> yeah, I was like, that's bad if she's going to be down. No, I meant, you know, yeah. 103 is That's pretty good. That's respectable. pretty good. Yeah, so anyways, we were in Branson for her 70th birthday, hard to believe 20 years ago, we took her to Vegas. Now, that was something to see, but we wasn't, we weren't sure she could handle the, uh, the uh, intensity of Las Vegas at age 90, so... Yeah. Yeah, we went down to Branson and had a good time. And while I was there, we, well, we did a little shopping. Uh, We took her down to see a show, a musical, and wow. I mean, I've never seen a show like that. So it was interesting. We're not here to talk about that too much. But I did go uh, into a toy store. And Jim, you know, uh, because of our storage room in our home, you know how much I love toys. Do I need to add on? Add on to the house? To the storage room? To the storage room. Well, I didn't. they didn't really have much to choose from, but I did buy a new toy. Okay. And it's a battery-operated toy, and it makes crazy noises. And uh, I'm not really a fan of battery-operated toys for little kids because I like them to make all the sound effects when they're playing. But I bought this toy to use with our game, Stump the Chump. Nice. So we're going to go ahead and, and play uh, this game. And, of course, who's the chump? Um, me. Right? You're the chump. Yeah. Yes. You I've decided I made a unilateral decision today that when we play Stump oh, the Chump, that you... you are always going to be the chump. <laughs> <laughs> that I'm going to be the question asker and okay. you're going to be the question answerer. Okay. All okay. Right. Yeah. So we're just gonna do uh, four questions. We're gonna do one card. I have this little game called I Should Have Known That, a trivia game about things you ought to know. So basically saying if you don't know these, like you're your life is not... Yeah, you're, you're living under a rock, maybe? Yeah. I don't know. So, theoretically, Jim, you should get all of these right every time. No. Okay, so here we go. Here is the first question. Four questions. Okay, All right. hit, hit me. Let's go for at least... Let's shoot for 75% today. Can you aim for that? Okay, that, right. w- that would be three. Three out of four. Oh, we are so Man, good. Man, I'm so good at math. So good with the maths. All right, here we go. In what country is the city of 
Acapulco located? I have a hard time pronouncing that word. Acapulco. That's in Mexico. You are correct. I have a question. Yes. Was Acapulco where Fantasy Island took place? No. Oh. I was thinking that was it. Not even No. Oh, my God. Fantasy Island was on Fantasy Island. Oh, I It's like its own island. Okay, never mind. That's why Acapulco is like part of a country. Oh, it's not It's like a real place. But is it an island? Fantasy Island is not a real place. No, I know that's not. But is Acapulco an island? I don't think so. Or is it inland? I think it's inland. See, I know nothing. Okay, you're one for one. Oh, here. I have to use my... Are you ready? Yeah. You got that one right. Okay. okay. Here we go. What is the distance between the goal line and the penalty spot in soccer? Uh, the goal line and the penalty spot. I'm going to say it's uh, 10 yards. Uh, what? It is 12 yards oh. or 11 meters, depending on what, me- See, this what is, system. This is why soccer's weird. Of measurement. 12 meters. yards. 12 yards, exactly. Why 12? And I know they have a, I know they have an 18 yard line too, which is also weird. Okay, I, I don't know anything about <laughs> soccer, um, so you're one out of two. Okay. Here's your third question: What does a Jolly Roger flag usually depict? Jolly Roger flag is a pirate ship. Yeah. So or what does it pirate. depict? So what's on it? Oh, it's a skull and crossbones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> two out of three. Here's your last question. Are you ready? This will be it for 75 percent accuracy. Here we go. <laughs> what is the name of our galaxy? The Milky Way. You did it. You I'm, hit 75%. You know, I want to thank crazy. everybody, all the support I've had over the years. My mom, <laughs> since it's Mother's Day coming up here soon. Happy Mother's Day to all the Mother's Day mothers, mothers out there. all the Mother's Day. All the Mother's Days out there. <laughs> wow. All right. All right. So did you like my little toy box? Yeah. Sound bites. Um, how much was it? It was $9.99 plus tax. Okay. But it was fun. So that's going to sit here in our recording studio. That will be our Stump the Chump um, toy. Okay. All right. All right. So uh, we're going to talk about some speech therapy kind of stuff now. You cool with that? I think that's why we do this show, isn't I, it? I know. Sometimes I forget that. Sometimes I forget that. So it is May. 2022 and may is better hearing and speech month and i was kind of thinking about this a little bit and jim would you agree that most of us take the ability to communicate for granted oh absolutely i mean i don't think you and i wake up in the morning and really spend a lot of time thinking about oh how am i gonna express myself today or is you know someone gonna understand me when i talk so i think we take it for granted and as a speech language pathologist uh it is something that we tend to address and deal with on a daily basis every day at work. Mm -hmm. And so it's really kind of interesting. I've been in SLP for 26 years, and I can honestly say I've never really truly celebrated May as Better Hearing and Speech Month, even though I'm in SLP, because it's something that I feel like we should celebrate every single day. You know what I mean? Like every day is beautiful. And because I work with uh, toddlers and preschoolers, very young children, mm-hmm. uh, the ability to communicate is something, you know, that we celebrate uh, every day. So right. I don't know. I've never made a big deal about it. But since we're doing this 
podcast, I thought, well, you know, it's better hearing and speech month. So let's talk about some speech and language development stuff. Is that cool? Sure. Let's do it. Okay. So if you know any parents of young children, this is going to really be geared for them. If you're an SLP, this will just be a nice little review for you. But um, what I want to do, since Jim is, uh, I guess, technically a lay person, I call him an honorary SLP because he's been married to me for 26 years. So he knows... Some of it's soaked in. It has soaked in. It's like osmosis, right? You've just sort of, I don't know, learned a lot of the lingo, I guess, in Mm -hmm. the SLP world. So what I thought we'd start with is just making sure we're, we're very cognizant of the difference between speech and language. I think that a lot of lay people assume they're the same thing. And they are not. So let's start with language. Jim, if I asked you what language was as a lay person, how do you think you would explain what language is? Um, Language is a way to communicate. Okay. So what is speech then? Talking. Wow. See, you're spot on. Absolutely. Absolutely. So when we talk about language, there's receptive language, which is how much, if we're talking about children, how much the child understands of what other people say. Mm-hmm. And then there's expressive language, uh, refers to the way in which they are able to you know, express their wants, needs, feelings, sure. all, all of those right. things. So in a nutshell, language refers to the way we communicate with each other. And um, speech, then, is specifically spoken language. Spoken language. Yeah, Yeah. so speech is a component of expressive language. But I think it's fair to uh, say that we all communicate in ways other than talking. Yeah, so you can have one without the other. Yeah, you can. You can have language without speech. But right. speech is always a component of language. Language. Okay. Yeah. So, so as a speech language pathologist, what we do in therapy is sometimes we write goals and help children with their language development, and sometimes we write goals and help children with their speech development. So, what I thought I would talk to you a little bit about today is is speech, specifically speech, since I specialize in apraxia. It's one of the areas that I'm very interested in, but I thought we would do a whole episode on apraxia this month since it's Better Hearing and Speech Month. But what I want to talk to you a little bit about today is uh, speech development. And so when we are really talking about speech, it's important to understand this is a motor act. It's a motor skill. So language is not motor. Speech is motor. Okay. Okay. So um, speech doesn't start in the mouth. Speech starts in the brain. And the brain has to send the message. Okay. Okay. To the muscles of the mouth. When we talk about speech, it's important to understand that there's two components of speech. I'm going to give you some technical terms here. So stick with me. Are you ready for this? Yep. All right. We have segmentals of speech and we have supra segmentals of speech. Now, the only reason I'm sharing this with you is because I want to talk to you about the segmentals of speech, and the segmentals of speech are consonants and vowels. Okay. So speech is always made up of consonants and vowels. And speech language pathologists abbreviate them to CV, consonant vowels. Yeah, I've seen that. You've seen that, like in, right? We we, we use that abbreviation. So if you ever see, if you're a parent and you ever see a report with like a CVC, that means consonant, vowel, consonant. Mm -hmm. So it describes the uh, structure, if you will, of the word. When we talk about the supra, not super, they're supra, the supra segmentals of speech, those refer to the attributes of speech that hang out with consonants and vowels, and they vary based on the situation. So the supra-segmentals of speech is the prosody. It's the melody of speech. Okay. So now we're talking about pitch, intonation, 
the stress patterns, the rhythm, the loudness levels. Okay. So all of those vary based on if you're happy, if you're mad, if you're you know talking to, for example, when you talk to a baby, mm-hmm. is it fair to say even as a grown man, you speak to a baby differently than how you speak to your boss? Well, you are the boss. Then how you speak to, <laughs> then how you speak to no, our neighbor. I, I speak to them exactly the same. You speak to babies and our neighbor John exactly the same. Yeah, I say, hey, what's up, dude? <laughs> hey, what's up, dude? To a baby, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. But we don't, do we? When we talk to a baby, we get in this kind of higher pitch. We slow down our rate naturally. Sure. Hi, sweetie. Right? We naturally, even grown men, do this, and and sometimes we make silly sounds like, oh, what you doing with your baby, baby? Right? We talk, you know. <laughs> All these crazy things. And I was thinking, we don't have babies in the house anymore, but we have puppies. Right. And how do we talk to our puppies? Like that. Yeah. We we definitely no, I use... Say, I say, hey, puppy, how you, you doing? You say, hey, puppy, how you doing? Yeah. No, we don't, right? I mean, we talk <laughs> to them like um, like we do babies. So those, the way we talk is really the prosody or the super segmentals. Right. Okay. So what I want to talk to you about, though, is the segmentals of speech, consonants and vowels. Okay. And when... CV, CV. CV, yeah. C's and V's, consonants and vowels. I always right? think when you say that, I think of a Honda Civic. Honda Civic. Because huh? it has a C... And a, and a V in the middle and then another C. Okay. And then the Supra, I think, of the Toyota Supra. The Toyota. So I'm, I'm like cars. All right. Okay. Well, there you go. But so that's kind of dumb. So That's okay. That's okay. It's how your brain works. And we're good with that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So when a child is learning to talk, they don't always say words using the adult version. Okay. Right? Their words right. are what we call approximations. Okay. okay. That's the fancy term for it. So as SLPs, we talk about how kids use simplifications to make words easier to say. So if we were talking about a consonant vowel word, a CV word, those would be words like me. There's a consonant and there's a vowel. Okay. Hi cow. So this is where lay people get confused. They're like, oh, but there's three letters, but there's only two sounds. K. Ow. So a CVC word, consonant, vowel, consonant, okay. would be words like dog. Okay. House. Got it. Yeah. And people say house, it has five letters. I'm not talking about letters, we're talking about sounds. <sighs> Ow. S. Okay. It's a CVC word. Does that make sense? People, yep. lay people get very confused by this because they want to count letters. We're counting sounds. Okay. Okay. How about the word wine? That's my favorite word of all. So that's w I N. So yeah. it's a CVC word. Right. CVC. Got it. Okay, and then we have like CVC words like money, sunny, taco, puppy. Some of my favorite things. Money, sunny, taco, puppy. Those are consonant vowel, consonant vowel words. Anyways, I just want you to know what we mean by C's and B's, right? Got it. Okay, so when kids are learning to talk, so now we're talking about toddlers, right, who are learning speech. We're not talking about language development now. We're mm-hmm. talking about speech development. So there are these simplification patterns that kids use when learning to talk, and we they're technically called phonological patterns, so we're going to get really technical here. So reduplication is a simplification patterns that all babies uh, uh, pretty much use when learning to talk. So, ex- for an example, babies will babble a mama 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 mama. So that's reduplicated, and okay. eventually that will be shaped into mama. So okay. they don't say mom or mommy when they're first talking; they say mama. Okay. Dad is dada. It is reduplicated. Dada. It is dada, right? Okay. So um, night night might just be night night. Night night. Bye bye. Right. Those are all examples of reduplicated words. So those are very typical when learning to talk. Okay. Weak syllable deletion. Now this is crazy because this has a little bit to do with prosody, but like banana, banana. So they simplify it to nana. They get rid of the buh. Banana. Okay. Potato. They get rid of puh. So it's just tato. Nana. Weak syllable. Weak syllable. The first syllable is weak, meaning we don't emphasize it. Banana. Banana. 
So okay. nana. It's because it's you wouldn't it's, you wouldn't not... call it a bana, right? <laughs> you wouldn't say the first syllable because it's weak. So you, it's not. It's strong. like that. Remember the green bean conversation we'd have. Oh, we, we have, used to have. Can we talk about this for a minute? Okay. How do you say it? <laughs> green beans. <laughs> he he emphasizes the fact that they're green, and I call them green beans. <laughs> so we've had. I would love. We should do a poll sometime. Well, are they green beans or green beans? <laughs> So or maybe there's no emphasis. Banana. I can't say it like that. You say banana. Banana. Well, if you want to emphasize it, but that's not how kids <laughs> okay. say it when they're just talking. Banana. Anyways, but yes, final consonant deletion. So you have to know what consonants are to understand final consonant deletion. Okay. So boat would be pronounced as? Bow. Bow, because they're leaving off the last consonant. Okay, so dog is? Da. Da. Um, so anyways, those are some examples. Final consonant deletion is a very common simplification pattern that kids use when learning to talk. Hmm. Stopping. That's where instead of using an airflow sound like shoe, they say do. So that pattern is called stopping. Fronting is where you use the front of the tongue instead of the back of the tongue. So instead of saying go, because G is a back sound, they front it and say do. Okay. Instead of saying key, they front it and say T. Okay. Instead of car, tar. So it's called fronting. All right. So there are a lot of these um, simplification patterns that speech language pathologists are very aware of. I'll do one more. I want to talk about assimilation because this is an interesting one. Assimilation is where you have consonant harmony. How beautiful is that to talk about? Wow. Consonant harmony. Sounds soothing. It does sound soothing, right? But it's a common pattern where kids will um, use the same consonant twice in a word because it really simplifies the motor plan it makes it easier to say so um for example a child might call nemo you know the fish nemo they might call him mimo mimo so instead of nemo they say mimo aaron our 17 year old son um he has a hard time with the word permanent Mm -hmm. because he will say permanent permanent so he's assimilating the m right he he uses it twice in one word you could also have um, something called nasal assimilation where you're using the nasal sound like n instead of saying bunny they call it a nunny uh-huh or you could have velar assimilation this is really common where kids call a guck or a duck a guck <laughs> i can't even talk they call a duck a guck or they call a goat a dote anyways you're laughing at me and i don't like it but i want to talk to you about my favorite assimilation of all times okay fire truck oh no yeah, because when kids say Wait, fire truck. you're not going to say this, Well, right? I probably can't. I don't know. It's a podcast. Can I say it? Yeah. They call it a fire f- uck, right? Yeah. So they actually, am I allowed to say that? I don't even know. It feels wrong. But it is really funny. I mean, it's so hard not to, to laugh out loud when kids, when kids uh, say that. But that is an example of assimilation. So what I want you guys to know, if you are—they probably say it again because they get such a reaction. Oh, absolutely! And I've had parents say, "Oh, please don't fix that one." You know, please, we like that one. That one is cute. (laughs) So that's a common assimilation uh, that we see. Uh, Just know that as a speech language pathologist, there are certain ages by which those simplification patterns should be eliminated, meaning kids will outgrow them on their own. If they don't outgrow them on their own, then they need speech therapy to help uh, eliminate those simplification patterns. Now, I just want to uh, end this very technical discussion today with two atypical patterns that I want everybody to be aware of, okay? Because while simplification patterns called phonological patterns are very typical in speech development, there are two patterns that are never typical, at least in English speaking children. And one of those is called back 
backing. And backing is where they use a back sound, K or G, in lieu of a front sound. Fronting is typical, using a front sound in lieu of a back sound. Okay. Okay, but it's never typical to use a back sound. So these are kids who call a baby, see the B is a front sound, right? Mm -hmm. Use your lips. Baby, they call it a gaggy. A gaggy. You, you hear how I use the G sound there? Or they call their daddy gaggy. That seems really hard. Well, and it, it is such an atypical pattern because it is motorically harder to do, but these kids just get stuck. And it's kind of like they haven't really figured out how to bring everything forward through the vocal tract, so they're relying on these back sounds. Oh, okay. So backing is one of those phonological patterns where it's an immediate referral to speech therapy. We don't anticipate that kids are just going to outgrow that because it's not oh. a typical pattern. So my point in bringing this up is a child who's backing, that's an automatic referral to speech therapy. Okay. There's no waiting on that. The other one that is atypical is called initial consonant deletion. So while it's common to leave the last sound off a word when learning to talk, okay. calling a bow to bow, right. it is never common or expected or typical to leave the first sound off of a word. So in that regard, they would call a boat an oat. They would call a dog an og. og. Okay, so that is when we say, okay, there's something atypically developing about this child's um, speech and we really need to get them into speech therapy sooner rather than later because kids don't outgrow those atypical patterns hmm. like they outgrow oftentimes the, the, yeah, the typical pattern. So uh, there's no wait and see when it comes to those specific patterns. I see. Speech language pathologists, like I printed it off and I'm showing Jim right now, the American Speech and Hearing Association, they have a, a chart on when these patterns uh, will it should be eliminated by, meaning okay. we know as speech therapists when we should start therapy, right? So like, for example, final consonant deletion should be eliminated by age three. So if after okay. age three, your child is still leaving the last sound off a word, you need to, that's a referral to speech that's a therapy. Referral yeah. Okay. But if you have a two, two and a half year old who is leaving off the beginning sounds of words, that also is a time to refer because we don't wait and see. Okay. I saw this little guy in um, early intervention did an evaluation on him. I mean, this is probably 15 years ago. Um, this is a long time ago. And I walked in and I noticed that there was a new, brand new infant in the, you know, in a little, in a little car seat there, carrier. And so I just said to him, because I knew the mom had said she just had a baby. So there's this right. two-year-old, two-and-a-half-year-old, and then this little baby. And I said, oh, what's your baby sister's name? I don't know if he can talk. I don't know anything about him. I'm just trying to, you know, I'm just walking in the home to do this evaluation. Mm -hmm. And he looks at me and he points at the baby and he says, Eileen. Clear as a bell, he says, Eileen. And I look at his mom and she says, yes, that's Riley. So already I am concerned because he's got a medial L sound. L is a later mastered sound. So to be able to say Eileen and to have that L perfectly clear, uh -huh. but to have no marking of that initial sound at all, that's right. concerning to a speech therapist. Uh, honestly, Riley is probably one of the hardest names to say because it has an R and an L, two mm -hmm. of the later developing sounds. So most kids would call call that baby why we mm -hmm. they would use a process right. called gliding and they would substitute w for r w for why l we? and they why would say we? why we this is why we and i would expect that and to me that would be typical but for a two and a half year old to call riley eily i already am concerned and he's only said what said one word to me and during that evaluation it was very clear that he had initial consonant deletion as one of his primary patterns so okay. i um, recommended services that we go in and start helping him because what are we waiting for? It's, it's you know, he's right. only going to establish more, um, you know, solid patterns and habituate use of that. So mm -hmm. it, it's better to get started sooner. So anyways, that was 
That was really technical, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, but I feel smarter. Do you? Do you feel like you learned anything at all? A little bit. A little bit? Yeah. I hope so. Initial hope so. consonant deletion. deletion's bad. Yeah, and backing is... And backing's bad. Backing is bad. It's hard, too. It is. It's just not a typical pattern that we see in yeah. kids who are learning to talk. Because the whole point of using those patterns is to simplify the motor plan, to simplify it, to make it easier to say. Okay. And so when they don't do that, we're hmm. like, why are they, they're making it harder, you know? Hmm. Yeah. Um, so anyways, I just wanted to, since it's Better Hearing and Speech Month, to share some kind of knowledge, if you will, that hopefully will help some parents understand what um, phonological uh, patterns are. They're also called simplification patterns. And so if your speech language pathologist says, I think your child uh, has a phonological disorder, Mm -hmm. what they mean is they are using some of these simplification patterns past the age when it is considered developmentally Um, appropriate or expected so that's what that means so anyways thanks for listening to another very technical episode of slp talk show if you're enjoying the podcast uh please tell your friends tell your colleagues tell your neighbors tell the parents you work with uh and we would love it if you would leave us a review so we know how we're doing and as you head back to the real world remember joy is a choice that you make every day when you wake up in the morning throw kindness around like confetti and please get your boobies checked every year it could just save your life it certainly saved mine until we meet again cheers